0: internet. I'm shitting myself, bro, but at the same time, this is sick.
1: My name is Matthew Kroll. And what can I say? I'm a miserable, worthless hunk of slime. My name is Shahir Dowd. And
0: this is the only podcast about movies specifically with another special episode coming at you, not live, pre-recorded. Uh, Shaheer, you've, you've, you've named this episode. Why don't you just tell us what you'd like to call it?
1: Well, uh, this this was an interesting week. I don't explain it. What's no, no, the no, no, name? What's the name of the episode? It's not a discovery, but we are born <laughs> three days apart, you and I. <laughs> sure. We're also three years difference in age. And I also did the math. I think we live 300 meters apart. Okay. Um, so okay. it's, a, it's a, a game of threes. Numerology. This might be the third year of the podcast. It is. One thing I don't think we've ever done that I thought would be interesting is give each other the gift of of movies, which is the title of this episode. There we go. Wow, it took
0: took a minute, but we got there. The Gift of Movies, Uh, a special happy birthday to both of
1: us. Happy birthday to both of us. (laughs) Happy birthday to you, man.
0: Happy birthday, Shaheer. So...
1: I and and I was like, oh wow, it's our it's our respective birthdays. I thought it would be interesting to to kind of set ourselves a little challenge for each other, uh, which was to give each other the gift of movies. Now, normally we have done episodes like um, the Desert Island uh, films yep. where we've kind of mm-hmm. like we wanted to give each other movies that we personally love ourselves that we would take in that <laughs> exercise that we
0: would be okay with yeah. if that was the only film on a desert island with a really sick theater setup.
1: Yeah. Oh well, I was going <laughs> to say like a broken DVD player, and that was the only oh, thing we could well, watch. No, no, no. But uh, I thought it would be interesting because because I, I think that was a sort of easier because we were sort of thinking about ourselves. right. and and this exercise, what I thought would be different is we had to give the other person a movie that we think they would love, not based on like trying to educate them, not based on trying to like expand their boundaries or give them something new and different, but like just saying, hey, I think Matt's really into these kinds of movies, sure. and this is a movie that I think Matt would love, right. you know, just flat out, like, and so, because the, 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 the sort of difference in framing there is, like, I have to think about you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- and this was actually born out of uh, uh, another thing, which was, uh, maybe your mom did me a favor? <laughs> that
0: sounds weird but yeah, yeah. yeah
1: your mom did me a favor and and I was like oh I want to you know like repay uh,
0: the- and then you went down a deep dive trying to figure out what films my mother would like
1: the, the same thing happened in New Zealand uh, again another person did me a favor in New Zealand and normally in, you know, it was the kind of the favor where you give like a bottle of wine or yeah. something like that and I was like no I'm not good at wine I know nothing about wine what I do know about is movies Fair. and I know what this person's taste might be so I'm gonna go like go to the you know find them some movies
0: so this grand experiment <laughs> That you came up with apparently you've been workshopping it for quite a bit <laughs>
1: uh it stressed me the fuck out man. oh my god i couldn't believe the amount of texts you sent so me. many
0: texts <laughs> i sent you uh well so the the issue that i ran into yeah uh is uh you have seen far more films than i have fair i and could have
1: said find me music or and, something
0: and here's the deal like that to me is terrifying because mm-hmm. i've seen a fuck ton of movies but right. then Like literally as I was coming and sort of linking down the list of like what I was going to do, you're like (laughs) seeing it, seeing it, seeing it, seeing it. And I was like. And then I got on the other side of it where I was talking with other people about it, <laughs> and they gave me suggestions. Yeah, but I also didn't have the time. Like it would have been a lot of it like extra things to like if I hadn't seen the film. Yeah, like if I'd watch it, I bet you seventy five percent I'd be like, nah, that wouldn't be it. Right. So and I didn't want to just give you something that someone else was like, oh she here will love this because then it's not from me. Well, I think that would have been okay. Uh, see, that's where <laughs> okay, okay. I, 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 I actually disagree because I I wanted to. Go with your premise. I wanted to go with it was sort of like a like we are want to look uh, like using what we know of the person right to to judge what we think the other person would like. Now, granted, you could sort of like two or three steps away be like, well, if I believe that this person would know this, but it didn't feel as personal.
1: I guess what I uh, what I mean there is that if like for example, there were movies on my list. For you, that I hadn't seen, but I had like kind of knew about, and I was like, oh, I think Matt would. This is, this sounds like a Matt movie. In an infinite
0: in an infinite world where we had all the time in the world, mm. I would have loved to have done that myself. Right. I had a couple. One, right. I would have loved to watch them and weed them out that way. It's right. just we don't have the time <laughs> right. to do that. Um, so I was I was stressed out and I, <laughs> I I I am overall happy with my pick, which we'll get into our picks in a minute, um, which I don't know if the image for the cover of this or the, uh, the title of this episode, we haven't decided what it's going to be, so maybe we've spoiled it already. Maybe yeah. we haven't.
1: Uh, before we go into that, I want to just uh, go back over some uh, 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 emails and tweets from us, your uh, listeners can always email us in at OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com Or hit us up on Twitter at OnlyMoviePod As did The Blade We're always happy to hear from The Blade Who I think spoke to us a couple of times this week uh, So maybe we'll hear from The Blade again a little bit later uh, But The Blade says I should wait until the thread for is up for this movie But maybe it's best to leave this negative tangent out of that uh, And The Blade, in my humble opinion The Lobster is not a film that you would want to use any kind of metric Against Lee Chang Dong's Burning Which is the film we reviewed last week Burning is enigmatically wonderful. The lobster is just obnoxious. And then he goes on to ask what does The Lobster represent for each of you, respectively, because we bring it up so often? I know. It's
0: my example movie.
1: It is your example movie. Uh, so this is in relation to Lee Chang Dong's film, Burning, which is available on Netflix. We just reviewed it last week, which you can uh, download the episode uh, for now. Um, the ending of Burning, without giving anything away, is enigmatic. Yes. Which I think is comparable to the ending of The Lobster, which has come up many times on this podcast. Matt, what does, why does The lob there, there are, actually, and I, and I realize this, there are certain movies that we hold up as examples in really interesting ways. Yeah. And the lobster has become one of them. Yeah. What does the lobster represent for you or for us?
0: The lobster represents, I can't speak for us. Yeah. Uh, the lobster represents for me um, an amazing, sort of uh, interesting, different, compelling film premise that uh, whomever was behind the wheel of <laughs> the particular structure of said piece, either be it the director or the writers or however you want to sort of structure it, um, uh, g- gives us the audience. The, a safe non-ending so that they don't have to make a choice. Uh, and, and, and again, that's <laughs> okay. a bloated thing. <laughs> yep. and the very, I'm not going to
1: debate it with the you very right fact,
0: now. The very fact that they made that choice does mean they made a choice, right. but they made a, in my opinion, uh, uncompelling choice based around not having a distinct thing to say. Whereas I never wanted to say that Burning was doing that. Burning is the frown upside down of the scenario, meaning... Because of what Burning is about and what it's what it says throughout the entire film, again, without going into spoilers, the uh, the ending that you can then sort of think and twist and sort of go into a, a lot of different directions with um, is actually something that is baked into the meaning of the entire film and not just a thing at the end to be like... What do you think? Did Tony Soprano die or not? Like it, it's like. Oh, so
1: you bringing the Sopranos in
0: as a non-ending yeah, as well? But see, Sopranos—it's <laughs> interesting too because that's. I think it works better in a, and it's this is a longer conversation. Yeah, this but, is a big but, conversation. But, the, but I think it works better in a situation that's a serialized television show to do that for okay. a lot of different reasons. Anyway, but the lobster <laughs> represents for me. Yeah. Um,
1: the non-ending.
0: A, 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 the non-ending or or the safest way to finish a thing that you've you've fallen in love with so much that you're like, I, I'm too in love with everywhere it could go, so it's gonna go everywhere. It's like it's like it there's it just feels like a lack of decision making.
1: Uh I, I uh one hundred percent disagree with it, which I think is where the friction of this film comes in and why it's held up in our in our conversation so much. Um I think to me. Uh, I, I don't want to get into a debate about what you think of the film, what I think of the film. I think the the point here is that the film becomes a focus point for the conversation around intentionality in, yes. in storytelling. And
0: to be completely <laughs> fair, I haven't seen The Lobster in probably t- two years, yeah. so I, I feel like I should watch it again. How my thought process works is I normally lock into a specific thing, uh, and I use that as my like baseline of a thing. Right. And but obviously, over the years, our thinking changes, and I want to make sure that these these baseline films that I lock into – like, for instance, this is a while ago too, but I've watched it since then, Drive. I still don't like Drive. Right. I keep thinking I should like Drive and go back and watch Drive and see if I've grown into a person that could like Drive. I don't like it. Right. Soundtrack sick. <laughs> um, so So I should – I owe it to The Lobster because I do <laughs> – Use it as such an example, yeah. Um, that I should watch it again.
1: Other films that we've talked about that kind of get held up quite a lot are Mad Max Fury Road and Spotlight. Again, these are all our earlier films, um, but uh, they they're there are all, there they are constants, they are permanent, yeah. They come back in uh, for interesting reasons. Uh, moving on, uh, at Baby Dread, uh, asks us, What is Shahir and Matt's? It should be what are. Sorry, Grandma Nazi. Uh, what are Shahir and Matt's favorite Coen Brothers movies? They have a wide range of genres, so I'm curious. Apologies, Baby Dread. I, I hated doing that, but I did it anyway.
2: Uh, <laughs> I
0: hated. I apologize, Baby Dread, for everything that. Yeah. that
1: I, I do it on Twitter. I've like, I write. <laughs> I, I, I totally trump up my Twitter feed all my the time. My
0: tweets are garbage. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the question here is, uh, what are uh, Shahir Matt's favorite Coen Brothers movies? Uh, We've talked about the Coen Brothers on our "Hail Caesar" yep. and the "Battle of Buster Scruggs" episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go first. I, I'm a big fan of uh, the the Coen Brothers. Uh, in no particular order, my and I think these are all masterpieces, and they're all in such different genres. I love Barton Fink. I love The Big Lebowski. I love The Man Who Wasn't There. I love The Serious Man, which I just rewatched over the weekend, and it is phenomenal. I love uh, No Country for All Men. I love Inside Lord Davis, which is such a strange film for them, but it's incredible. Raising Arizona, Fargo, True Grit, and Buster Scruggs. Uh, that, I don't think they've ever made a bad movie. I would say The Lady Killers and Intolerable clor- Cruelty are the closest thing they've gotten to to a "Quote unquote sure. bad movie, but they're not bad movies."
0: God, leave some for the rest of us here. Uh, no, honestly, I've never been uh, a huge proponent of the Coen brothers. I like their films, fi- like fine, but I've never been like, oh, it's never been my particular cup of tea. I think they're uh, they're excellent filmmakers that I enjoy watching their movies, but I don't like g- often revisit them. And I I think through this, I think weirdly enough, True Grit might be my my favorite of those, because I remember really loving that remake, it's phenomenal, and um. Oh, also, I will say this about the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, while I don't like you know, enjoy all of it uh, equally, mm-hmm. uh, I have found myself putting it on in the background of other tasks and tuning in and out on multiple occasions since it's since it's come out. And that's something that I normally do with a film that like I'm so comfortable with and like I enjoy. Right. Um. So I I, I that might be up there for me as well. Uh. In particular, I keep falling in love with the end film in that one, the one where they're all on the stagecoach. I know oh, that yeah. was sort of my weakest, one yeah. of the weakest in the things. But the more I watch it, I'm just like, yeah. It's, they,
1: I mean, they're... Di- I, again, I think I've said this every episode. Uh, they're frustratingly good. Yeah. Uh, so painfully good. Uh, but moving on now. Oh, wait, back- oh one more. Zach, Zach wrote oh, a thing. Oh, okay.
0: So- uh, I just want to say this. I, I made a Frank Turner reference, and listener Zach uh, came back, and actually uh, we were talking about sort of growing uh, with... with with uh, as, as you grow as an artist or an art form. And uh, we brought up Frank Turner, and by we, I mean me. And <laughs> Zach totally had heard of Frank Turner and loved Frank Turner, too. And now... Um, uh, I just literally got a response to my response maybe five minutes ago. We were okay. already recording this, yeah. And uh, now apparently, uh, at some point, whenever I make it across the pond, we're going to go on a Frank Turner pub crawl, and it's going to be dope.
1: It's going to be lit. No, not no, lit. No, no, just not lit. dope. Okay, um, bruv, bruv. <laughs> so, Thank you, Zach. The gift of movies. Have you, other than this, you know, because you're a movie guy, right? Have you? And ever, you're, and you're a movie guy. Have you ever given? People movies as gifts? Oh yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's two different categories to be honest. There's okay. there's gifts for movie folk. Yeah, and there's gifts for non movie folk.
1: Okay, what uh, what, uh, what are the g- gifts for non movie?
0: Non movie folk can be anything that they're sort of interested in, or that you've g- 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 gleaned through a purview of who that person is. But right. they're not. They're not. Um, they're. I'll never try to. How do I put it? I'll never try to weirdly educate. Right. In that regard, right, I know they like this certain type of fun. Yeah. This film in that I they have not seen, I think that it is that kind of fun they enjoy. Yeah, go watch it. Normally, comedies fall into a lot of that uh, okay. perspective, but not all the time. Um, film folk, mm-hmm. <laughs> such as yourself and and myself, um, it's a little bit more tricky uh, because I have in the past. Um, no, those are normally the people that I have discussed film with more yeah. and then therefore I'm able to find the I I'll call it the cultural black holes in their in their whatever their interests Venn diagram is mm-hmm. and I can find things to plug in there again the difficult thing for you is you have so few of those Mm-hmm. That I can't. It, it it was it was like trying to find uh, a needle in a black hole. And uh, that was that was that was hard. Yeah.
1: Fair, I mean, fair enough. I, I, I uh, fully admit that 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 would be a difficult proposition as much as, you know, like it would be difficult to buy music for a musician or something like that. Yeah. You know, like I, I totally get that. Um, and I could buy you a video game. I could get, if this was a gaming. I've asked you for thing, video games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about have you received films as gifts? Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: But normally, <laughs> God, normally it's like because I was so heavy into Spider Man for most of my 20s. Yeah. Um, Every film or thing or whatever was all Spider Man related. I don't know. Have you ever had a thing that, like, everyone's like, is it just do people get you movies or is there like a thing in your life where you're like, I have so many of this thing?
1: I, you know, now that you say it, I I think it is di- people find it difficult to buy me movies. I, 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 I have a very specific example which I want to talk about, which is that my mother went out of her way to like buy me uh, movies that she hadn't seen, mm. but she went and found this like. Uh, obscure uh, uh, DVD retailer in Australia when she was visiting. Okay. And she brought me back, like, these really, really old Alfred Hitchcock films that she'd never seen, that admittedly weren't great movies, but I love the fact that she was like... She went on, did Yeah, she was like, oh, you're into Alfred Hitchcock, here are some, like, uh, you know, not the big titles, not Psycho, not Vertigo. Like, she got me Jamaica Inn and Foreign Correspondent, which are, like, two fairly... Older, not as well-known Alfred Hitchcock movies. Are your
0: parents movie folk or not? Not really. Folk? Okay, yeah. so mine aren't either, and yeah. mine never bought me a movie I didn't ask for. Like, right. Like as a you know whatever. Yeah. Um
1: They also my mom also bought me Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, nice, which was like a big deal for me. I of wanted, course, I wanted to see that, and uh, I think she got me a copy of Jurassic Park.
0: Yeah. This is when I was a kid. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was three days ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the the interesting thing for me is I always wanted my parents to be like again the the. I, the only time is my mom would take me to go see whatever the newest thing was, yeah. like for my age group, and my dad would always take me to the video store and we'd rent movies that I shouldn't be watching at that age because he thought it was fun.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and those two experiences have stuck with me, but at the same time, they never, like, I don't know. I, I mean, my dad showed me Predator,
1: right? Like,
0: that's you know, <laughs> yeah. or Big Trouble Little China, but yeah. like, uh, I don't know. So I, in giving gifts of of movies for other people, um, it's really on a case by case basis on whether or not I'm trying to entertain or educate or edutain, <laughs> um, you know. So yeah. it's it's hard. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting
1: quandary. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was an interesting exercise. Um, so uh, I actually reached out to a few of your friends and asked them what movies they would recommend for you. Why? That's <laughs> cheating. No, I would. I just wanted to. I I thought it would be interesting. To Who'd see... you reach out to? I reached out to a bunch of people. Uh, <laughs> I want to say uh, Mike. I'm going to withhold the last yeah, names. Yeah, withhold, what, withhold what, the last names. Uh, Mike W uh, responded with Mandy because he thought it was great. Uh, yep. I, I mentioned that we'd already seen it. Um, Raman, who's been on the show yep. before, uh, reached out and said, as he?" And I thought this was perfect. Has Matt ever seen Big Trouble in Little China? I was like, <laughs> "You know Matt too well." Here's <laughs> the link. Yeah, too, too well. Uh, he mentioned a movie called Slight, uh, which came out at Sundance a couple of years ago. Uh, it was a it's a film about a magician, uh, which I actually really really wanted to see. haven't got around to seeing. I think that filmmaker has gone on to do a couple of things which are really interesting right now. He also mentioned Monkey King. Have you seen Monkey King? No. Uh, the martial arts movie. Uh, came out a few years oh, ago. Oh, I have heard of it, though. Yeah, it's not... It, uh, I, I wasn't uh, the biggest fan of that, but, um, you know. Uh, and then we had Annie Gillis uh, email us in. Not hold, withholding last name for Annie. Um, <laughs> She's been on the show. <laughs> yeah. Who recommended A Royal Affair for Matt. Dutch movie. Starring uh, Alicia Vikander. Ah,
0: I knew there was going to be the tie Yeah, it's got to be. A, a, a,
1: and oh, she recommended and a, a film for me, which I hadn't seen, which is My Life as a Dog, which is a Lassa Hallstrom film, which I haven't seen. Uh, and she recommended for both of us, Junebug. Oh, yes. I've heard good things about Junebug as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Annie,
0: that's good. I yeah. mean, Annie did Annie did work there. That's well, Thanks, everybody. for, uh, for well, well,
1: there's one more. Oh. Red Sharazan also. Oh. He he <laughs> sent us
2: a voice message,
1: which I'm going to play for you now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. How are you going to cut it in? All right.
2: Uh, play it up here we go. Hello, gentle people. It is Red from Sicilia, where we're sending Matt most warmest and sincerest birthday wishes. Matt, we hope you have a fantastic birthday. While we're working on making Irishman one of the best movies you will see made this year, one of the best movies that you can see made last year right now is in cinemas. And for your gift of movies, Matt and Shahir, I recommend A Long Day Journey Into Night by Gone By. Frankly, it's one of the most magical pieces of cinema I have seen in a long time. I can undersell it by saying it is a fantastic deconstruction and reconstruction of the noir detective thriller replete with twists and turns, but that is underselling the magic and mythos. By the end of this film, I went on a large personal journey and I know that both of you too will go on this personal journey with our protagonist. Also, it's really fantastic to watch it with the perspective of seeing Hollywood being reflected in other world cinema and this long journey that cinema itself has taken over the decades to come back and really hit home with a really special personal, and dare I say it again, magical film. I really hope we have the opportunity to talk about it later, guys. And I love to hear it on your podcast. Keep up the great work. And Matt, once again, from all of us at Sekelia, have an absolutely awesome birthday. (laughs)
0: There you go. Well, Long- thanks, Red, and everyone. Thanks, <laughs> th- thanks Thelma and Marty. <laughs> yeah. Th- uh,
1: for those who don't know, uh, Red works with uh, uh, a young upstart filmmaker by the name of Martin Scorsese, yes. and they are currently producing uh, his new film, which will be launching on Netflix, shortly called The Irishman, which features some uh, interesting de-aging effects.
0: De-aging. All yeah. right. So, I mean, listen, you did, you, you, I mean, Red just did a, a yeah, dissertation. Yeah, he did most of my work for uh, Fun fact about Red, um, Red writes, and, and apparently speaks, the most beautiful and long-winded emails and speeches, but they're like eloquent as hell, and I never want them to stop. It's yeah. just I've never read longer, but more like, "Ooh, I like this." Emails in my uh, entire existence. So yeah. thank you, Red, and thank you everybody for giving the things. I actually, um, I was uh, I was talking to Jamie about about your films, <laughs> and she suggested some of them uh, that. Uh again I hadn't seen okay and I just I just didn't feel I didn't feel comfortable right uh, <laughs> doing it so
1: okay uh well this brings us to the next question uh and we're all going to we're going to tie this into a review of these two particular films uh but the next question was what criteria did you use to evaluate the other person's taste? And look, I I know right away as well. I'm kind of asking you to talk about me, and I, I didn't intend that to be this way. I just thought it was an interesting exercise. But but like, what? How did you like? Okay, the 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 task is give the gift of movie to. Me yeah. or me to give the gift of the movie to you? Yeah, I have a criteria. I, I had like a process. What's that What's your I kind criteria of, collection? Well, my criteria, bet, <laughs> you, my starting point for this that was really easy is I just went through um, every episode of the Only Movie podcast and said what which movies did you Matt mean? Make? The only podcast about movies? well, well whatever it is, the <laughs> show that we do. Um, Our Twitter handle is very backwards. <laughs> and I just said one of the movies that I think Matt loved? and I and I didn't go and I and I crossed off movies that I thought. Matt really enjoyed because we watched them mm. to, to movies that I think he just flat out loved. And, and that was the, my starting point. Okay. Um, obviously, Mad Max Fury Road was in there, Captain America, Civil War, uh, Pop Star, Hunt for the Wilderpeople, People, um, and Lego Batman movie, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Deadpool 2, um, Logan. A lot of, uh, I mean, uh, inevitably, yes, a was, lot of. Was su- there a theme? Uh there was a there was a there was a little bit of theme, but there were there were a couple of like oddities, not oddities, but a little a couple of lift feels that sure. made me think as well. Like films like Youth. Um oh, film you. like uh Room. Yep, yep. Um not the Room, but Room with Brie Larson. I mean either would work. Pop Star, which, uh, no, that, that kind of fits in a the theme yeah. as well. Uh, Manchester by the Sea, Enemy, which you mm-hmm. you really responded to. I, Tonya, and Won't You Be My Neighbor. These are the, kind of the, the movies I just sort of pulled and put on a piece of paper and said, these are the ones I'm kind of just thinking about for. When, I, when I start writing out a list.
0: I uh, went a bit of a different scenario. <laughs> I went, because I couldn't figure out... I mean I initially I kind of did a similar thing but all of my things I was building off of said lists or said said things like that you'd seen. Right. So mm-hmm. I started trying to think a little bit outside of the box and um I I instead Decided to not look after your sort of like film history, but just literally my day-to-day interactions with you. Okay, and and having sat with you and talked with you for God, I uh, easily years. over a terabyte of data
1: on this hard drive that we have. Um, it's funny you're measuring time in terabytes. That's now. how
0: I do it. Yeah, um, I I have garnered not only a sense of you know the films that you like, of course, but also uh, your sense of humor. and I wanted to try to find something that spoke to a few different avenues of that. Okay. Um, You have an interesting (laughs) blend of both dad humor (laughs) and dick jokes, (laughs) and and there's very few things that sort of... you don't want to mix those
1: two things together. No,
0: <laughs> no, you don't. don't uh, the, you the want antics. to encapsulate that, and so. <laughs> but what I wanted to do was find things that maybe not necessarily. Oh, and and you do like a good story about a creative in the productive in the field of production. Okay. Um. So with all of those things sort of rolled up into one, there was really only one choice. A, a runner-up okay. was going to be Real Steel. Okay. Which wasn't didn't fit into my um my. Um, you know, humor thing. Okay, but that is a film that I, I think you would have enjoyed only for the fact that it shouldn't have been as good as it is. Okay, uh, I've been a proponent of Real Steel, the Hugh Jackman, uh, Evangeline Lilly vehicle yeah. uh, for quite some time. It's, I'm
1: I'm keen to see it. I I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Hugh Jackman outside of the Marvel. Not not that I don't like him yeah. in as logo uh, as Wolverine. I just like. When he does things outside of it, because it always shows that he's such an interesting actor. Yeah. Um,
0: so there was that, but I went. I didn't go with that because um, you know maybe maybe one day we'll do we'll do a full <laughs> retrospective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> the I'm, ten I'm year down.
0: anniversary. Um, so yeah, do we want to now say what the image of this podcast has probably already
1: said? Uh sure. What 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 did you pick out for me?
0: I picked for you the quintessential <laughs> film in the Weird Al Yankovic filmography. <laughs> UHF.
1: Is it the only film in the Weird Al Yankovic uh, it, filmography? He's,
0: he's made cameos and things, yeah. but this is the only time he's like been an actor and a writer and 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 whatnot. Yeah.
1: Ultra high frequency. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Also uh, known as the Vidiot from UHF uh internationally when it didn't play well. Yeah. Well, he
0: wanted to just call
1: it the Vidiot. The vidiot yeah.
0: And. Uh, um, but they refused.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and you picked for me, and I picked for you. Attack the block.
0: That is right. I've heard many, many times of that. I should see Attack the Block. So it was a very, it was a very
1: apt choice. I feel. Yeah. Um. I, I can tell you what my criteria for you was. Sure. I, I mean, I kind of felt. I think over time, getting a sense that you like movies to move. You know, you don't I, I don't think you like movies to be still and to, to kind of sit in one place for long periods of time. I mean, I think there are exceptions to that rule. Yeah. But looking at everything that we have talked about pre, you know, like in the movies that I think you really, really responded to. I think, you know, like for example, Hunt for the Wilder People is a really good example. That that's a movie just it just moves, right? Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> I mean I,
0: I I not to counter mm-hmm. counteract or contradict that in particular, mm-hmm. but like it's it's all it's really one or the other. It needs to it I need I can't it can't be a meandering pace. It yeah. has to like really go pop 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 pop, yeah. pop or be so methodical in its slowness that I like latch into it such as a youth or right. a uh, even hateful eight. Right. Okay. Uh, that sort of thing. So it's 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 the extremes of those. Those
1: two extremes. So I and and I and there were just, there were a lot of movies that I kind of like uh, put up as different criteria. You know, like things where I was like, oh, I think this is going to be interesting. There was the, the one that I was like really curious to, and I went out and watched it just to like Gut check myself because I hadn't seen it. Was a movie called The Final Girls, um, which was a sort of a a, a low key horror that came out a few years ago. It sort of has this uh, cabin in the woods vibe mm-hmm. to it. It's about a young girl whose mother was a uh, actress in horror movies, and she died, and she gets transported into the horror movie, yeah. uh, and and gets to basically she has to live through this horror movie, but also she gets to reunite with her with her with her deceased mother. Um, it, unfortunately, when I watched that I was like I think this is a movie with big interesting ideas that doesn't quite execute very well and yeah. it's not a movie I would necessarily recommend um, there were a, bun- a bunch of others that I kind of I think I uh, I tried out The Raid Redemption but I think you've seen yeah. that um, the Gareth Evans film which is just phenomenal the Korean film Train to Busan which a uh, zombie film I don't think you've seen yet mm-hmm. 13 Assassins by Takeshi Miike again these was uh, these uh, 13 Assassins is sort of a, a, an update on The Seven Samurai right um,
0: I, I actually just thought of one for you too now, weirdly <laughs> enough, which is nothing like anything you've just listed. But the, honestly, the film from earlier this year, Escape Room.
1: Ah, yeah, you uh, talked about that a bunch.
0: Because it, again, I, I, I feel like in, in the purview, I for you, I need to find things that are way better than they should be because these aren't things that I feel like you'd look at them and be like, yeah, that's dumb looking, because mm. 95% of the time, something of that ilk would be dumb. Right. Like, I'm not, ju- your, your judgment is spot on from a mathematical <laughs> perspective, but there are these weird things like like Escape Room and Real Steel, and weirdly UHF, in my opinion, that have like a, a hint of excellence in them and therefore make them a little bit more magical.
1: Um, the other one that I kind of really considered for you um, is this comedy called Four Lions, uh, which is uh, uh, Chris... A Chris Morris film from 2007, I want to say, something around those periods, Mm -hmm. about four terrorists uh, in London who are trying to um, create a jihadi situation. Ah. Uh, But it's a comedy... It's basically like The Office with Terrorists, uh, starring Riz Ahmed from uh, Rogue One. Uh, Wow. And it's amazing i the i I rewatched it again though uh, again in preparation to kind of think it would be a movie um it's phenomenal everyone should see it i think it's available on uh hulu or something uh hulu or prime one of those two um but it's also quite a dangerous comedy right now in the world we live in uh for example you know they do uh talk about terrorist bombings in a sort of offhanded, flippant way, and they have, and and many of the things that they talk about have actually happened. Would
0: it be like if the death of Stalin came out during the death of
1: Stalin? Yeah, okay. um, yeah, sort of like that. Yeah, I guess that would be the case. <laughs> but eventually, I landed on on Attack the Block because there were just so many things that lined up for me. For not not least withstanding, uh, I think one of your favorite filmmakers is Edgar Wright. Yes, right. Uh, Joe Cornish, who directed Attack the Block, is uh, uh, associated with Edgar Wright. He wrote Edgar Wright's version of Ant Man mm-hmm. that never came to fruition. He wrote. Uh, um, Tintin as well, that uh, Steven Spielberg directed. Um, he did a film earlier this year called The Kid Who Would Be King.
0: Which I did want to see.
1: Which I heard is actually really, really great. Um, and the main reason I wanted to see it was because I saw Attack the Block in theaters um, when it came out years ago, and I thought, oh, this is a really interesting filmmaker. So, Attack the Block, it, it, it also, you know, it has this sort of action genre kind of thing that I think, you know, like you generally kind of respond to. Um, you know, and and But not in the sort of what I mean by that is stories that move forward with action. It's not just pure action. It's movie. It's 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 stories with momentum, and that's what I kind of felt this movie kind of did sure. uh, in a lot of ways. I, and I'm curious because I'm I'm deathly afraid that I got it wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but I but that was the movie I landed on. Um, so I don't know who you want to go first. I'll go, I go first. I mean, yeah, I
0: might as well, we might as well <laughs> stick with the film, Dance with the one that brought you. Yeah. Um. So, again, I'd heard of Attack the Block a lot uh, yeah. as um, a really good sort of smaller sci-fi action movie. Yeah. And to be honest, what kept me away from it, uh, weirdly enough, was the tr- was the trailer. Okay. Uh, the trailer, I don't know if it was the way it was cut. I don't even remember the trailer so much, but whenever someone brought it up, it would be one of those movies where I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll see it eventually. Yeah. And it was like... I think the trailer was cut fast, and the way, because of the way it was cut fast, I'm not used to the, is it South London? Yeah. Uh, so the South London slang accents. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't quite understand what any character was saying in the trailer, and then if I can't do that, I have a hard time latching on to caring about what's happening, and then it just was sort of like a bit of a downward spiral for me.
1: Okay.
0: Um, I will say, though, that uh, upon watching it, I definitely liked it. It um it it moved. It had I didn't I, again I didn't realize John Boyega was in it. I yeah, think this, this is his was, first this film. Was his movie, and yeah. I was doing some research uh into it. Like they went around to local like drama clubs and high schools to find these kids. Yeah. Uh. So no one was like an actor actor. Yeah. Um. Outside of of course Nick Frost and a couple others. Um. It. It has a lot of stuff too that I really dug. Like about the um like the creature design was interesting. Yeah, uh, like the super pitch black fur with like the glowing mouth that, when it's closed, looked like eyes. Yeah, um, it you know it does the things that I kind of like in in horror films, where like it introduces the trope that's going to be the saving grace uh, via a natural geographic video on moths.
1: <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh it, Wait, it, have we have we actually synopsized what the movie is? Oh no,
0: no, I mean I mean I could I could do the IMDb right now. Sure. Let's do that real quick. Oh, great. This is a nice short one. A teen gang in South London defends their block from an alien invasion. Right. I mean that's what it is. That's what it is. I also am a fan, especially in the day and age of like an Avengers Endgame. Uh, where you take a break and you have just a small story about a small thing somewhere. Right. Uh, we don't know in this story. We don't know why the aliens are there, or you know, you know why they're f- crashing on Earth. We just know a couple different things. Uh, mild spoilers for Attack the Block coming up. But basically, um, the uh, a street a uh, gang of street toughs mm-hmm. uh, led by John Boyega's uh, Moses, um, while mugging another character in the film, uh, a, a meteor hits a car. And then uh, a little alien jumps out and they chase it down and kill it after it attacked um, John Boyega scratches his face. And it turns out that that is... Uh, That's
1: kind of a spoiler. Yeah, I it what doesn't matter. But basically,
0: the murdering of that little alien causes a bunch of other aliens to go real mad. Yeah. And uh, it's them trying to survive in their apartment building, basically. Uh, in and around their apartment building. Yeah. Um and it's, it's an adventure film. I loved the fact that uh, the director chose not to give the kids guns ever. Right. Uh, they, they they was talking about it and they were like, oh, well, yeah, the second you – they wanted only like a certain character who was a villain yeah. to have a gun and use a gun. Because they're like, the second you give a kid a gun, it's a different – it's a different movie. and the kids, it's very Goonies esque. Like they have, I think the most violent thing they have is like a katana. Yeah. Uh and but they have like a baseball bat and like one kid has a backpack full of fireworks. And yeah. like it's just very there's two little kids, uh props and mayhem. Yeah. Uh who uh jokingly are like they're they're lighting a dumpster on fire Do you think it's cute, and then like the kids, the older kids make fun of them because they have a super soaker and they're like, Yeah, the aliens are gonna be real scared of water. And they're like, It's not water. And I was like, Oh, I know what's in that. Yeah. Um There's a lot of um, loving sort of character development in it. Um, The stuff that I thought worked very well was was all of that. The stuff that I uh, had a bit of an not an issue with, but I felt like it it sort of brought it to a bit of a halt Mm -hmm. was when it was trying to give the uh, if there was a if there's a Um, motto to this film or something Mm -hmm. that I think it is trying to say underlying it Mm -hmm. is that, and they even say this line in the film, uh, actions have consequences. Right. Um, And I felt like every time they tried to hammer that home, like from a character perspective, it did get lost a little bit in the hapticness of like the actual like mechanics of what the aliens were doing, like why they were there and how it was working. Like I never felt uh, a connection with anyone really outside of Moses. And I think that that's because just John Boyega is a fucking phenom. Yeah. Um, and again, that's not what the movie is about. I like that it it uh, tried to implement. It, there were some things I thought worked really well. Like for instance, uh, it was there was a, a, a very quick commentary on racial relations on how you know these uh, kids, these non-white kids, are going to be definitely treated way differently than if the white woman that they are with would be treated if they went to the police. Right, and that's an active proponent in why they don't call the cops. Right, that um, so that stuff worked really well for me. Um, I, I you know it the I think my bottom line with it is it's a film I I would I enjoyed very much um I will probably. I want to watch it one more time mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. Um. Because I want to make sure that now that I sort of know exactly what it is, I feel like I can go back and maybe glean a little bit more from it. Yeah. Um. I've did that with Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. I loved like the ride of, and then yeah. I sat back and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. And I was like, huh. Yeah. And then I watched. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh. So I. I mean, I think you did well for the <laughs> for the criteria. Um. I mean do we do how bad I'll, do we want to rate these? Well
1: no, I I'll, I'll respond I'll not not respond but I'll I kind, of, kind of talk about what I thought was interesting in that film that that I thought related to you is again is that sort of story through action kind yeah. of uh, beat and I think The thing that I really liked about this film is that it is an alien invasion film with all the kind of flashy effects of Mm -hmm. of like an alien that you would expect from an alien invasion film, albeit on a smaller scale. But what I liked about it is kind of the thing you talked about, like the racial relations of it, the fact that it's really talking about what happens when aliens invade. A, a small community. Yeah. And a small community that's that's traditionally ostracized or, or on the outskirts mm-hmm. of the law. That was the most interesting And stuff. And I think that was like a really fascinating angle. I don't think the film, I remember when I saw it, I kind of felt like the film, uh, if it is kind of related to Edgar Wright in any way, it's not as... Tightly wound as an Edgar Wright film is in that respect, because like if you think about what Shaun of the Dead is, Shaun of the Dead is almost the same nexus of film, which is what happens when a zombie attack yes. happens to like the local schlub. And but you know, Shaun of the Dead is so tightly wound and so precisely made, and this is not that. It film. was
0: hard to separate. But in fact, I, there was a part of me in the beginning that I actually like actively told myself to shut up because mm-hmm. I was like, "It's trying to be Shaun of the Dead." Yeah, it's trying, and to, it, and, and, and it's not it. Thematically, it is not trying to be Shaun of the Dead, but like it's almost in the like an ballpark. execution. It yeah. was, but then eventually, I I just sort of like went along with the ride because it was very fun.
1: Yeah, um, and, and I I think the creature design is really oh cool. my <laughs>
0: god, and the fact that they did it like ninety percent practical. Yeah, and I think is and I, beautiful. What
1: I loved about when I saw that was like. Oh, this is really playing into the limitations that they have, and because of those limitations, they've created something better than if they had money.
0: I was reading interviews with the actors, and they were like, they they were all legitimately shocked. There's a scene where they're running down the hallway, and it's yeah. like in slow motion, and you see these things sort of running after them. Yeah, and they were, they all were like, yeah, like. We didn't expect to be scared on set, but yeah. these things were unsettling. The way that they moved were unsettling, and and they the the color grading and everything sort of like with the, making their their hair like mm. you put your they they touch a dead one at one point mm. and like their hand just like disappears yeah, in the fur yeah. and you're like what the shit and their mouths glow yeah uh, yeah that was fucking cool as shit.
1: The other thing that I liked about it that reminded me a little bit of Mad Max Warrior uh, Fury Road was this idea of the of the sort of flawed protagonist the 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 central hero who we're not too sure on what side of the boundaries he's willing to, like, act in. And, you know, like, the very first thing that happens in this film is they mug the other lead character, Jodie Whitaker. Yeah. And they do it very aggressively. It's very... Uh, there's no sort of black or white about it. You know, they are mugging her, ripping her off, and it's very traumatic for her. And then by the end of the film, we have to kind of root for this character Moses in that respect and a lot of criticism that was held at this film kind of like I think unjustifiably was was oh these guys are bad kids why do I want to watch these movies about bad kids and I think the film kind of it has like this that I I sort of had forgotten about uh the but you know I rewatched it before I gave it to you as well um was the the scene in which where we sort of see where Moses comes from and and I think you know the film again it's not like the the most successful in a lot of this respect, but it is it does it is playing with that idea that you know like it is it isn't just treating these characters as stock characters. It is really trying to do an evolution of these characters throughout. That's what I that's what I really responded to and I thought that you might enjoy.
0: I mean I I enjoyed the the peek into every one of their like apartments in their home lives because I've known kids similar to that uh, yeah. growing up uh in a lot of the different sort of scenarios. Uh some of them that like are really from bad homes. Some of them that hang out with the kids from bad homes and think that like the attitude sort of thing right there is sort of like cool, but their home life is fine and they're like be back by eight. And like it's all like they're like the perfect kid until they go out. There's like a lot of different uh twists there that I really liked. Um and, and I liked sort of that peek into it. And then when you finally see where Moses is from. I um I I had a hard time getting on board with them at first. Mm-hmm. Um but I also am a fan of Bad, even if even and they are a lot of them are redeemable, of course, but even in situations where like people aren't redeemable, I'm still a fan of seeing bad people in bad situations and seeing how it works. yeah. so like that never even when before they sort of did the switch, yeah. it never affected my like viewing of them yeah. as characters um. Oh, and the last thing—what's uh, uh, it called? Uh, the director Joe uh, Cornish yeah. was was actually inspired, I think, by to do the story because of an actual mugging. He was he was mugged, right? And he noticed that the kids who mugged him, again, fifteen year old kids, were yeah. just as scared as he was right. with the mugging. And he like researched it and like went into it, and then that's sort of where this sort of birthed. Yeah. Um. Which I was like, yeah, that's a cool spot to start <laughs> this from. Yeah. Um, I dug it. I'm very glad. It's going to be one of those films that. I think I uh, I revisit when I am in a uh, particular mood in a and not in a um not in a Shaun of the Dead mood because Shaun of the Dead and that sort of thing I feel like is more in line with my uh life experiences if that makes sense like Sean's Sean's life is something right. I can easily relate to.
2: Right, okay.
0: Uh this is something that's a window into a life that I cannot easily relate to and oftentimes when I'm feeling um alone's not the right word. Um sort of insular, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, I really do like finding films that can not only speak to lizard brain enjoyment things that this movie does as well, but also show me aspects of life that I am not normally privy to. Right. Uh, so that's where this one's going to sit for me. I actually I liked it very much. I um, it's not one of those films where I'm like, oh my god, it's the best thing. But like yeah. I, you know, yeah. I I I was very pleasantly surprised, and I'm now glad that uh, you bought it for me, and it's on it's, it's on, on, the on the shelf. shelf. I yeah. don't I don't even need to rely on the internet i could just watch it as long as there's
1: electricity whoa that's uh that's an incredible thought what what's what century are we living in oh my
0: gosh i actually had this is a completely different moment before we move on but i had a moment yesterday when i was watching it yeah <laughs> it has nothing to do with the film but i was sitting on my couch uh and it was like it was like rainy out and uh, the lights were low, and like I was, I had just made like salmon, and I was like, I, I was eating oh, dinner, I'm watching this down, movie.
1: Fancy
0: <laughs> I, it was so good. And then I was like, I had this idea because like space and evolution, like space rocks flying to to the ground. That's how the aliens got there. I was like, <laughs> every moment of evolution has branched to get me. <laughs> To the salmon, to this right moment. here, yeah. to not only be eating this thing that grew from like the salmon and and, and uh, um, uh, what's it called, potatoes and <laughs> asparagus, all grown and made and grew, you know from other things, plus the electricity that's covered this thing, and plus the screen and the technology that allows me to do this, and how they filmed it, and I was like, I just had one of those weird mm-hmm.
1: like, yeah, what are we doing with our lives? Well, moment,
0: how <laughs> how did this moment happen? <laughs>
1: Anyway, that was it. Was a very strange brand on Game of Thrones without giving any spoilers away. Say something on the lines uh, to Theon recently, which was that every act that you've done has led you to this moment. Sure, you know, I yeah. thought exactly was kind of a nice yeah. thing, yeah. For all the criticism that Game of Thrones is getting right now, Woo! don't get me started. Yeah, let's not get started in Game of Thrones. But for me, ultra high frequency <laughs> the story of an unemployed visionary who becomes manager at the local public. Ra- uh, Public television station. The station becomes a success with all sorts of hilarious sight gags and wacky humor, dad humor, uh, withstanding. Yeah, I I gotta be honest with you. I watched this last night, and I was and I was trying to figure out the criteria that you had. <laughs> that that I was like, I was sitting there going, okay, it's a movie thing because the first thing that happens is it's Widow Yankovic doing Indiana Jones, yep. and I was like, oh. It, this movie is going to be filled with movie references, and that's what you know. Like, I get it, I get it. That's what it, that's what it's going to be. But then eventually, it became like the. So you know, as as the synopsis described, Widell Yankovic uh, gets a job. His name is a uh, Peter Peter. Oh no, George Newman as a yeah. as a nod to um, new uh, the character from Mad uh, Mad Magazine. Yep. Um, gets a job to basically run a television station, uh, uh, a UHF radio station. For our younger listeners who don't remember how TV used to work, Is uh, it's VHF yes. and UHF, ultra high frequency and V... Very, <laughs> very know. high frequency. <laughs> um... Uh, we're we're basically a different. It's kind of like AM and FM in terms of yeah. television stations. And and you know, for my generation, you would actually be able to like. There was a dial There's you could turn, and you would turn over to the UHF stations. And UHF was kind of generally like AM radio, reserved for um, no frills productions, yeah. uh, also reruns of other shows. Um, so he takes over the station, and because he is quote unquote a visionary, he start he not only imagines the kinds of shows that he would put on he starts creating those kinds of shows one of which uh, is hosted by their janitor played by Michael Richards of Seinfeld frame Kramer yep. from Seinfeld and the Stanley Spadowski uh, hour was that what it was called Stanley Spadowski's like
0: Funhouse because it was Uncle Nutzy's Funhouse uh, fun when Al was the yeah, clown but yeah. then as he grew it he handed it to the janitor.
1: Uh, as the f- <laughs> film progresses the, the 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 there is a competing uh, television station down the road u52 u52 no they're not a UHF station right they're a, they're a standard station
0: I don't know what the, I thought it was u52 is the name of it though oh maybe
1: I thought u62 was their station oh, uh, maybe. A, a, anyway at any rate uh, a sort of battle of the wills between TV stations becomes uh, evident as the the sort of more capitalistic owner of the other station played by uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy. Um, Decides to to mount a takeover bid For the UHF station As it becomes more successful And then... Uh, Weirdo Yankovic's character, George Newman, has to spring into action to save the station by running a telethon so that he can get the $75,000 that he needs to pay back his uncle's loan sharks, yep. <laughs> whom he got the station from in a poker game. If that sounds all long and compl- uh, complicated, it's actually not because the film is basically uh, a sort of uh, a washing line to hang on a bunch of uh, comedy sketches yes. a la sort of. Um, uh Kentucky Fried Movie or um the Monty Python sketches yeah. that kind of thing it sort of has that vibe to it I will say, I, yeah, again, and it may just be the case because you gave the film to me, and you know, this is this is a product of my own making. Sure, that I was watching the film, trying to actively figure it out, trying to actively figure out what the film said about me. <laughs> <laughs> and and your thing about dad jokes and and bad jokes, I, I think is kind of very much my sense of humor. Um, my 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 sense, I, I guess, if I was to, to describe my sense of humor, is I like to make people feel uncomfortable a little bit like i like to like see how far i can push right. a bad joke and that's and that's primarily born out of the fact that i'm not very funny or i don't think i'm very funny what i what i am good at is just keeping i just i'm good at keeping talking
0: yeah you're the you're the horse beater
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just going to beat these horses but until they did
0: there's specific moments in that film i actually thought spoke to that in a weird way like um <laughs> like I feel like all of the sketches go on a little too long. Yeah. And yeah. like the like Wheel of Fish or uh Conan the Librarian yeah. or Gandhi 2. <laughs> uh, those are
1: the those are the ones I kind of enjoyed uh the most. I did I gotta admit, yeah, there was a sort of there was a sense of time and place to this film. It's 1989. Yeah. Um and and you know, again, this is sort of this film was kind of made on the back of Weird Al Yankovic's parody fame, and it is there to kind of like Give him an opportunity to kind of parody, but he's not actually in many of the sketches.
0: No, he he's he's sort of the the driving force, and he does one um one only one music video in yeah. the entire thing, which is the I want my MTV. I think
1: yeah, uh, which is the the sort of parody of the Dire Straits song. Yeah, um, uh, Weird Al for some reason, and it was only because I've like haven't really ever thought about it, but he really reminds me of Stephen Bujas. <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
0: the young, the young weird owl yeah, reminds the, me a lot of Steve Buscemi. Uh,
1: apologies to Steve Buscemi. What do you mean apologies? <laughs> That's an incredible compliment. Okay, okay fair enough. Um, <laughs> and, and there's wow. a there's a world to Should this. Apologize to Weird Owl now. There's a word. There's a world to this film, which is like very much of the late eighties. You know, like uh, there, there was like his girlfriend Terry's outfit as she oh goes out God. to dinner is like a whole movie unto itself. It was like, what are you wearing? Like these puffy, like pink. Uh, lemon meringue looking like yep. shoulder pads.
0: Fran Drescher as the receptionist as yeah, well.
1: Yeah, Fran Drescher as the receptionist. Billy Barty as the uh, as the uh, as the cameraman. Yep. Um, I, I you know like a lot of the jokes around Billy Barty and his height were like very much of the time. I think that it was a that not that it was appropriate to make those jokes, but that those jokes existed in right. the public sphere. Um, the like the uh, the uh, what is it Raoul's Animal Hour I think it was Raoul's Animal Kingdom Animal Kingdom <laughs> was was a series of gags that I just couldn't figure out I was like I didn't get the joke and like at one point I like no you know when I did get it it was oddly in the most confusing moment when he when like they bring more animals to him and he's like. And then they're like, "Oh, we've got a we've got a wolf, we've got a fox, and we have got some badges." I don't want. We don't want no stinking badges. We don't need no stinking badgers. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "I don't get that," but I think that's pretty funny. That's a movie reference, <laughs> is it? Yeah, yeah uh,
0: it's or maybe it's a TV reference. There's some cop show where there was there was or is there some famous line in an eighties uh, cop thing where it's like badges, yeah. badges. Oh, like magnet. No, yeah, like <laughs> we don't need no stinking badges. So oh, that's what he's that that went right yeah, over yeah.
1: my head. There was another there was another gag where uh, he de- you know like. Weirdo goes over for dinner at Terry's house, and Terry only has mashed potatoes. And then he starts making the mashed potatoes into the mold that is like close and Yeah, yeah, I was kind. like, you better have gotten yeah, that. Yeah, one. yeah, I totally got that one. But I, but it wasn't, it didn't make like. No, he's the, being a weirdo. He's,
0: he's being, being a he's being a, he's being a pop culture weirdo.
1: He's being a pop culture weirdo, and it didn't make sense in the scene, and it didn't make sense at all, like why they were doing that yeah. bit. Um, so I, I have to admit, I kind of. Like, this is a film for me where I'm glad I saw it. I've definitely heard of it many times before. People have talked about it. It is often referenced as one of those cult favorites. Um, I pulled up... There were these... I I went and started pulling up reviews from the, t- from the period of the film because so famously, the film... Um, when Orion Pictures had the film they tested it and it had the best test screening of any film they'd ever had what? better better than RoboCop which was their previous biggest hit weird so we, so Orion were like Weird Al Yankovic has got a huge following uh this movie is tested so well we are going to bomb you know carpet bomb this movie into the public sphere sure. and they bo- you know like they put it up against Everything. And everything being in 1989, the summer of 1989, the movies that they put it up against were, unfortunately, Batman, (laughs) Lethal Weapon 2, uh, Indiana Jones, and The uh, Last Crusade. Um, uh, Plus a couple of, like, you know, the biggest movies, you know, one of the the biggest summer movies of all time. And UHF, unfortunately, um, it dropped in for a couple of weeks, and then they just pulled it out of the theaters. Because not only was it not... um, not performing well, the reviews for it were fairly scathing. And I pulled up uh, Roger Ebert's review uh, of it at the time. I'm sure he loved it. Which which was pretty like he just he, look he wasn't mean to the movie that's the interesting thing uh, he just was like I didn't find this funny sure um, and and then the what the the sort of meta thing was that I pulled up then the comments below the video about this and the comments were all like it just goes to show you how movie critics generally don't know what the fuck they are talking about <laughs> the movie is, is a huge cult following now so why were they trying to look for a plot line the whole plot is that there is no plot line much like bad TV has no real substance uh, so a terrible film gets flack and you have to to find a way to praise it as far as you and as far as to say it didn't need a story. Uh, lol, this movie is just shit.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's that's internet culture yeah, in yeah, a yeah. nutshell.
1: Uh, you know, and like people were like, e- Ebert hated U- UHF but loved Cop and a Half. You know, like, so this is an interesting thing. And, and this sort of, it, it reminded me that last week there was an interesting thing that happened with. Um, a filmmaker by the name of Joe Carnahan, who made a, who's made films that you would have seen, like The Grey, uh, mm. and he made The A-Team. But he basically, someone, uh, a bunch of critics poo-pooed his latest film, El Chicano, which he produced. And so he started like calling them out on Twitter and saying these are terrible critics. Um, right. Which I think is kind of a bad form. At any rate, this all comes back to this film. The film was relatively scathed around the period it came out. Um, I'm not sure I'm the exact target audience for this movie. Right. I think it's endearing. It's very, very endearing in terms of, like, Weird Al is just a likable person. He's just a likable presence. It's hard to, like, get uh, upset by Weird Al. I think, you know, I love his parodies, but I've never been, like, a diehard fanboy. I just, like, whenever I see his stuff, I'm like, oh, cool, Weird Al. I I, I like Weird Al. Um, And there's a sort of... Effortless like charm to the movie in terms of like this idea that people come together to like make this station. There the the reason to see this movie is Michael Richards. Michael Richards' uh, physical presence and his physical comedy is is like working so high above the rest of the movie yeah uh, it's it's worth the price of admission alone he's so good that you kind of forget that you know because he you know you know him as as Kramer from Seinfeld mm-hmm. but he has this incredible physical presence I know he's like uh, being um, sort of fallen out of the public spotlight recently because of uh, some comments yes. he made on stage yeah um, but that is the reason to see this film, you know. Like for example, the 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 where's the fish uh, host, the oh, the, uh, wheel fish. Wheel the wheel of fish, wheel of fish host, uh, and the 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 Asian American actor who plays that character, mm-hmm. who's you know, kind of all from around that period. He's from Sixteen Candles, you know, he yep. Long Dong, Long Duck Dong. Um, you know, it's a little of its time, sure. You know, and you can kind of watch it. I, I think it's interesting to watch it of that time, and it is effortlessly charming. But I I did kind of watch it going, I do, you know like. I didn't fall in love with the movie and in, in the way that I think people who love this movie will. You know like cuz I think to love this movie you have to want to quote it and you have to want to talk about it. And, and I
0: also think this is this is something that I was worried about. Not not necessarily. I didn't think this was going to be I, I was running out of options and I did I never thought this was going to be like yes, this is going to be the film that changes like the thing. What I what I Thought would be you would at least have a, a really fun time with the jokes. And I was curious and, and scared of the fact that I don't know if... And this is sort of a test run of this. I don't know if even I would... If I had never seen this movie and I just watched it yeah. now, yeah. like would it have the reverence?
1: I think that's the thing. I think this is a movie you have to watch in a very specific time in your life. Yeah. Like, I think I think if I'd watched this movie at, when I was like 12 or 13... And then I had it on VHS, and I kept watching it. I think it would grow into this place for me, but I'm I'm not that age yeah. anymore, and so I'm watching it, going, trying to figure it out. I will say it kind of got me thinking a little bit about anthology films like this, uh-huh. like Kentucky Fried Movie. I know I remember when I was growing up, the film for me that was like this was, um, and now for something completely different. Oh yeah, the Monty Python oh, yeah. film. You know, like I I would watch that, and I think the thing that I got out of this in general was that these films are so suited to where we live now because they don't need to be films. What's great is being able to pull things up on YouTube. And I think Weird Al is oddly the perfect YouTube character. It's
0: funny because if this had come out, if if Weird Al was a thing, yeah. if he, Weird Al was his age that he's in in this film yeah. today, yeah. he would have made the equivalent of a YouTube channel called UHF. Yeah. And he would have done his music videos and he would have done his thing. Yeah. Like he would have he would have been that. He would have been the mastermind behind something like that, right. and it's very easy to. While a lot of it is very in the humor and in the dress, of course, dated to the late '80s. Yeah. The structure, like you're saying, yeah, it's an interesting thought that that the, it is very 2019 in the anthology ness of what he's doing.
1: Because I, I, well, the thing is, I don't think it works as a film. But I think if you just took out little sketches and moments and put them up on YouTube, those would they would kill. You know, and I think they would be great in those like little piecemeal things. It's, you know, there was a film that came out a couple of years ago called Movie 43. Uh, oh, which yeah. Was, uh, Hugh Jackman, Kate Winslet was in it. But band. I
0: heard that was like, uh, like a, like, the directors sort of tricked the actors into
1: being. It, in it's it. actually, the, I believe, one of the direct the quote. I might be wrong about this, but one of the directors of Green Book, uh, it was one of the Farrelly brothers, I believe, was in, involved in movie huh.
0: Forty Three. Interesting. Um, I heard some bad press around that thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, because basically not, nobody wanted to do the movie. Yeah, kind of like contractually obligated or something. Yeah, that sort of thing. um Was 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 no? I don't. Maybe know, not. Was, no, maybe not. No, maybe, oh, well, uh, I'm just making. No, no Peter Farrelly. No, Peter Farrelly uh, was there. He directed
0: three of them. Okay, so we uh, don't we don't have to start the rumor.
1: No, exactly. Exactly. Um, the thing about movie forty three is, I think it's a, it's sort of a, a difficult experience to sit down and watch movie sure. forty three as a movie. But like when they pull out little, you know, when I've seen little clips of it, in, it's fun. In, on YouTube. I'm like, yeah, I could, I could, I could watch this little clip. Yeah. So I think you know that's that's the way I think UHF kind of operates. It it is difficult as a film in its entirety, and especially when you're watching it, sort of trying to think what does this film say about me right uh, but but then the, you know i think the beauty of this sort of gift of movies kind of exercise is now i have uhf on my shelf and there's a whole story behind how it ended up on my <laughs> shelf much like the evolution of salmon and you know like <laughs> microbacteria that eventually became walking and became you know like uh, well, you know like may have some may have walked and some may have swam there's an entire narrative to how 1989 weird al yankovic and his and his manager of all people who directed this film yep. ended up on my shelf. And and I think that and I think I like that more than I like the movie, if that makes That's sense. That's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I I agree. I think we both hit
0: like a 70%. Like a yeah. solid 70%. I,
1: uh, yeah, I think so. I there are a lot of movies that I I I was like, damn! I wish he hadn't seen this movie. Because... Sure, I mean, same. I mean, I was doing
0: Maverick. I was doing um, I mean, uh, Batman Beyond, Return of the Joker. Yeah. Which... Uh, I, 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 I dumbly, I was even like, you've seen the Simpsons movie, right? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah, that was a long shot. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we are hampered by our our time and our thing. But it was a fun. It was overall, besides all of my stress, uh, mm-hmm. it was it was a fun exercise. I'm glad we did it.
1: Yeah. Um, and I think if you're a listener, um, you know we've been talking a little while about uh, our re- request pro- uh, process. And I think this is what I want to propose, is that from now on, we will only take requests via email. So not Twitter, uh, not Facebook. You have to email us in at at gmail.com for requests. We will kind of change this later on as we go. Uh, but if you want to request a movie... You have to tell us why you think we should watch this movie and why you think we. As of wa- now, let's.
0: Yeah. We I yeah. was giving Sheer the side eye while we were doing that. We yeah. have a couple options on how to do that, but yeah. I'm totally down to to give that a go. I do enjoy the concept of of the why, not just like it'd be fun to talk about. Yeah. Um. Which sometimes listen, if you're if you're an excellent enough writer, that can be compelling enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. There is one. There is a request that's come in that I think that I'm very interested in. Oh. Um And I think. The, they've kind of given enough of a justification as to why sure. we should do it. Fair.
0: fair. Um, yeah. Well, this has been mm. the only podcast about the gift of giving movies. Yeah. Uh, which could actually be not needing of our asterisk in our title, but I don't know. I'd have to do a little bit of uh, parallel dimension research. Shahir. Mm-hmm. when you are not coming up with incredibly stressful movie games for us oh. to play with one another... For me, where
1: can folks find you? Uh, you can find me riding a bus that's going sixty miles an hour that can only that can't slow down. Uh, I'm just coming up with stressful things that I should sure. be doing uh, at uh, at my website, which is uh, Shahirdaud.com. That's S H A H I R D A U D.com. Matt, when you are not getting stressed out at talking about or, or 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 thinking about movies, where can people find you?
0: You can find me having my blood pressure go. Guy high at M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram or Emperor MSK on Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out all of our good works over on the YouTube page. Extra credits. We're doing some fun stuff this week. Uh, also, just to reiterate something interesting that happened last week, uh, we decided to put all of your Avengers Endgame emails and our discussions about it into its own little mini episode, uh, which I think released on the Thursday or Wednesday yeah. or something, sometime last week. So if you're looking for those, and you just missed it you saw another thing that said Avengers and got confused it was just a little thought experiment we were trying and uh, you can let us know email us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or tweet at us at onlymoviepod and let us know if you'd like uh, some more email focused reviews for larger films rather than taking up the time say uh, for uh, in, in an episode where you might want to hear more about the movie we wanna, we're working on ways to make your listening experience better streamlining the show so to speak sure yeah. <laughs> that's so what speak. we're doing so to speak anyway We'll have you hear us next week
1: when. I always next week we're going to see Pika's dick. Is that what <laughs> it is?
0: <laughs> what? Why do you have to. <laughs>
1: That's all I got in my head. Like, I'm, I'm going to see Detective Pikachu to see what this dick looks like. We've 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 already assessed that there needs to be more dicks in films. But and I already did say Detective Pikachu is the starting point. I not, need it's not detective fuzzy little yellow dick. It, I need to see what it looks like, preferably erect.
0: Soundboard that. Use it in all your places on the internet. I said I didn't want to see Pikachu's dick. I I need to see Pikachu's dick. All right. Well, yeah. hopefully next week we'll have a review of that specific animal's body part.
1: <laughs> Bye, <laughs> <laughs>